Today on the Matt Walsh Show, we've heard a lot about the supposedly historic heat wave this summer, which we're told is mostly the fault of Republican voters. But the media has been hiding the real cause of the recent warmer temperatures. I'll give you the details that they don't want you to know today. Also, Neo backtracks after coming out against child gender transitions and then backtracks on the backtrack. Wayne Brady comes out as pansexual just in time for his new TV series. And a woman in San Francisco says that she was accosted randomly on the street. Should we feel sorry for Democrat voters who get exactly what they voted for? All of that and more today on The Matt Walsh Show. You've probably heard by now that you should be using a VPN when you connect to the internet. But if you're like me, adding an extra step to anything you do every day just sounds like a hassle. Well, if you knew how easy it was to protect your connection with ExpressVPN, you'd be doing it already. ExpressVPN is the easiest way to browse safely, securely, and just better. ExpressVPN gets rid of all those things you hate about VPNs. It's a VPN done right. First of all, it's blazing fast. A lot of other VPNs slow your connection to the point where it's not even worth it to connect anymore. But ExpressVPN does not lag or buffer. You can stream in HD with no issues. And using it couldn't be easier. Just open the ExpressVPN app, click one button, enjoy instant protection across all your devices. It's that simple. Once you connect to ExpressVPN, you don't even realize you have it on. But your connection is secure and your data is encrypted. No, no wonder it's been called the best VPN by CNET. Visit expressvpn.com slash Walsh right now to get three extra months free. That's expressvpn.com slash Walsh to get protected. Expressvpn.com slash Walsh. Imagine you're a climate expert working for a major news network when one day out of nowhere, Hillary Clinton announces that MAGA Republicans are causing the world to get hotter simply by voting the wrong way and by cooking too many cheeseburgers, I guess. She says these MAGA Republicans are lighting the planet on fire. They're causing the warmest summer in the history of the world, going back billions of years, even before we had thermometers to measure this kind of thing. That's how dangerous these MAGA Republicans are. Well, last week we went into great detail about how Hillary Clinton sounded like a, you know, like a Mesoamerican shaman when she made all those claims. But if you're a climate expert in the mainstream media, you can't laugh at what she said, as we did. Uh, you can't just move on. Instead, you have to run cover for Hillary Clinton because she's effectively your boss. You revere her. Therefore, you have to go out on television and dutifully assert with maximum confidence that, yes, Hillary is right. We are breaking temperature records right now, and that's happening specifically because of man-made climate change that's intensified in recent years. That's the party line. And indeed, like Lemmings, all the big networks came out and said exactly that, one by one. Here's ABC News, for example, giving Hillary some much-needed backup. Watch. And heat isn't just affecting the U.S. Scientists say July is set to be the Earth's hottest month in recorded history. Let's bring in Chief Meteorologist Ginger Z and host of the 538 Politics podcast, Galen Druk, for more on the heat and how it's impacting voters. Thank you both for being here. Mm -hmm. Ginger, it's been a busy July for you. Yes. You and your team have been reporting on this all throughout the month. What sticks out to you after looking at the heat that's affected across the country but also around the world? Right, and that's what you have to remember. This is global warming. It is global heat. And so there are people in the Midwest or Northeast and we're like, well, most of the summer has been okay. Like it really hasn't been anything above average. Yes, we've had the desert Southwest having incredible heat. We're talking consecutive heat, but Europe, Asia, so many pockets that add up globally to the hottest July on record. Is this climate change on display for mm -hmm. us right now? Is there, are there other causes behind this? And do we know what the domino effect is of having the heat be this high for so long in so many places? Right. So 
Yes, the answer is yes, there is human influence for sure. We knew this year was going to be hot because of El Nino, but to see it turn out this way has the remarkable footprint of human amplified climate change. Mm. And that's what the scientists were saying. Virtually impossible to see records obliterated like this without human influence. Well, the scientists are clear, say the climate experts. We just experienced the hottest July in the history of the planet because we're polluting too much. Our carbon emissions are changing the weather in real time. Notice they have the political analysts literally sitting right next to the climate expert just to underscore the point that this whole segment is about scaring as many Democrats as possible so that they vote in the next election. At this point, Joe Biden needs all the help he can get. But wait a minute, skeptical viewers might ask, aren't there other periods in world history when temperatures have spiked long before humans and even the dreaded MAGA Republicans existed? Could we be witnessing something caused by nature instead of Trump voters? ABC News' expert anticipated that you might start thinking along those lines, and here was her reply to that. And with temperature has always gone CO2, so it follows it. Here's the difference. That peak of temperature, which is the blue kind of around 100 and some thousand years ago, that was with volcanic and solar interruption. That's the thing that has driven CO2 prior to now. Right now, it's not the sun, and it hasn't been volcanoes to that degree. It has been following one line on the graphic, and that is CO2 and greenhouse gas emissions by humans. So the expert is acknowledging that there have been periods throughout world history when the climate has gotten much warmer, obviously, but she says that was due to highly unusual events like volcanic interruption. And we don't have that right now, the expert says, at least not to any significant degree. So she concludes that Trump voters must be the problem. Is that true? Admittedly, I'm not a climate scientist or an Aztec shaman or any kind of expert in the weather whatsoever. I can walk outside my house and see what the weather is so I can do that, but uh, that's about it. I do, however, pay attention to the news, and I couldn't help but notice something that ABC's crack climate team somehow forgot to mention. Just a year and a half ago, this happened in the Pacific Ocean. Tonight, jaw-dropping images of an extraordinarily powerful and now deadly volcano erupting in the Pacific Ocean. This video captured a day before an even larger eruption of the same underwater volcano rocks the island nation of Tonga, triggering tsunami alerts across the globe. The scope of that eruption best seen from space. Satellite images showing a massive cloud of smoke spewing in all directions and as high as 12 miles in the air, the most powerful volcanic activity in at least three decades. It's stunning power felt across five continents, the entire west coast of the United States and Alaska under a tsunami alert for most of the weekend. In Peru, two people drowning after abnormally high waves slammed ashore. Ports from Japan to New Zealand littered with sunken fishing boats, the powerful waves tossing them like toys. And they pop their heads out of the out of their boat to see a red catamaran going over the top of my boat. So that is a force of nature there. Shockwaves in Central Europe more than 10,000 miles away. The before and after images are staggering. The force of the blast nearly wiping this uninhabited island off the map. Well, that somehow went unnoticed over at ABC News. An underwater volcano erupted in Tonga. It was so big you could see it from space. The entire west coast of the U.S. was put under a tsunami warning. According to NASA, which wrote up a detailed analysis of the event last August, the eruption caused a sonic boom that circled the globe twice. The eruption also, quote, blasted an enormous plume of water vapor into Earth's stratosphere, 
enough to fill more than 58,000 Olympic-sized swimming pools, according to NASA. Now, that's significant because, according to NASA, volcanic eruptions normally cool the planet by emitting a lot of dust particles that reflect sunlight away from the planet. It didn't happen this time, and as one NASA scientist put it, quote, we've never seen anything like it. So what, what's, the, what's the upshot? Well, water vapor traps heat. It's the single most abundant greenhouse gas that exists in the atmosphere. It's responsible for half of the greenhouse gas effect on the planet. So here was the prediction from NASA as of last August. So this was last summer, and this is what they wrote. Quote, the sheer amount of water vapor could be enough to temporarily affect Earth's global average temperature. So they were predicting last summer that temperatures would rise because of the volcano. That seems like a major detail to leave out of literally every single news report on historic climate change this summer. It's like reporting on wildfires without mentioning that they were caused by arsonists, something that our news media also does regularly. So think about how extraordinary this is. A volcano just sent a massive amount of water vapor into the air, what scientists are calling a once-in-a-lifetime event, which scientists also say has clear ramifications for the climate, and they don't even talk about it on ABC News. Democrats in the party of science blame MAGA Republicans, and nobody in the mainstream media corrects them or mentions the billions of gallons of water vapor that were just spewed into the atmosphere by a volcano. A volcano that, by the way, I don't think you can blame on man-made climate change. I, that's when they'll start talking about this is when they can figure out a way to blame us for the volcano. Maybe the MAGA Republicans set it off. Maybe they, I don't know, threw a bomb down into the underwater volcano somehow. I don't know. To be clear, this is not some temporary spike in temperature that NASA was talking about. According to NASA, quote, excess water vapor injected by the Tonga volcano could remain in the stratosphere for several years. That, again, was NASA's projection in August of last year. By December of 2022, it appeared that NASA's prediction had been vindicated. Research published that month by the Meteorological Research Institute, NASA, and the University of Chicago confirmed that the eruption last year increased the mass of water vapor in the stratosphere by 13%, which is a huge amount. And this water vapor will remain in the stratosphere for years, just as NASA had originally predicted. The researchers added that, quote, the unique nature and magnitude of global stratospheric perturbation by the Tonga eruption ranks it among the most remarkable climatic events in the modern observation era. Seven months later, this past July, the research meteorologist Ryan Mao had this response to the fallout from the eruption, quote, based upon the last few months, it seems the effect of the eruption on global temperatures may have been greatly underestimated. And Ryan Mao was right. Just about two weeks ago, Yet another paper came out on the eruption. This one was uh, from researchers at Caltech's Jet Propulsion Laboratory. This paper found that the eruption sent 40 trillion gallons, not billions, but trillion gallons of seawater into the stratosphere. What the researchers called an unprecedented water vapor injection. Last week, Dr. Robert Rowe, the lead scientist at the independent nonprofit Berkeley Earth, reviewed these recent findings. He concluded that, quote, as a powerful greenhouse gas, this water may have contributed to recent warming. Now, these seem like relevant developments, especially if you're covering the MAGA heat wave that's setting the United States on fire. And yet virtually every major media outlet is ignoring this. We had to look at international media to find some coverage. Canada's Global News is one of the few outlets that's bothered to report on the connection between the volcanic eruption of Tonga and the heat wave this summer. Uh, Global News reported that, quote, 
Tonga volcano eruption may have role in fueling summer heat waves. And, but I want you to watch how they, how they frame this story. Watch. Now in 2022, Hunga Tonga mostly blasted water vapor high into the stratosphere. Like other greenhouse gases, it trapped some of the heat in our atmosphere, causing a slight warming, an estimated few hundredths of a degree. Hunga Tonga may have increased the Earth's surface temperature this year only slightly, but however small, the lead researcher says every decimal point counts as the planet warms. Those two or three hundredths of a degree that Tonga added um, temporarily do matter, and they do take us that fraction closer to one and a half degrees, and, and that's important because of because of the importance of that temperature threshold. So you notice what's happening in that clip. It's kind of amusing, really, when you think about it. They're trying to downplay the impact of this eruption because they want to keep beating the drum that climate change is man-made. They're at least acknowledging that the eruption happened and it is contributing, but they're trying to downplay it. At the same time, they can't downplay the impact of any increase of average global temperatures because we're supposedly careening towards total climate apocalypse. So it's a tricky tightrope they're walking. But is the report correct when it says that the increase in temperature from the volcano will be, quote, slight? Are they right when they say that the temperature will go up by, quote, a few hundredths of a degree? Well, Global News doesn't show their work on that one. Meanwhile, scientists like Robert Rode um, aren't so sure. Here's what he wrote on social media, quote, Is the water vapor injection from the eruption only adding a few hundredths of a degree to global temperatures, or is it having a more complicated effect that we don't yet understand? I don't know, but I hope people are working on this. Well, that's an honest answer from a guy who, by the way, does not appear to be a conservative or even a climate change skeptic. So why is the media ignoring scientists like this? Why aren't they telling you what NASA concluded, what Caltech ultimately found to be true? We all know the answer. The Democratic Party knows that it stands a very real chance of losing control of the White House and the Senate in the next election. If they have to lie about MAGA Republicans changing the weather to avert that catastrophe, then they'll do it. They will ignore the very climate science they claim to care so much about, the data straight from NASA, if it's inconvenient. In this case, the science is very inconvenient from a political perspective, so they pretend it doesn't exist. You know, in a sane country, everything we've talked about here would be a major media scandal. They've spent months fueling panic over a heat wave, linking it to our SUVs and air conditioning units, while saying nothing at all about the volcanic eruption that we know is raising the global temperature. Has it made the temperature historically high? Has it made it the highest in millions of years? Almost certainly not. That's ridiculous. But that's the point. The media is lying about the scope of the warming and also lying about the cause of the warming, to whatever extent the warming is actually occurring. So they're just lies. It's lies all the way down. For those of us who aren't beholden to uh, DNC talking points or unhinged Hillary Clinton tweets, there is an important takeaway from all this, though. And that takeaway is simple. It's been known for thousands of years. It's this. However, however uncomfortable it may be, the truth is that no matter how much we run our air conditioning units or we use plastic straws or whatever, vastly powerful forces outside of our control will ultimately determine the weather and the fate of the planet. The left will never admit this because doing so would require recognizing, for one thing, the existence of a greater power, a force that, unlike leftism, is eternal. Once you acknowledge that humans aren't all powerful, that they can't change their gender at will or control the weather on a whim, then their entire ideology falls apart. That's what they're afraid of. It's not the the fallout from the eruption of Tonga, as embarrassing as that may be for all the 
theories on climate change, their panic because their impotence, their inability to control nature is now impossible to deny. Now let's get to our five headlines. You know, there's one thing that's really important to me. It's living a healthy lifestyle, something of a health nut. I think you, you pick up that vibe from me, don't you? And that's why I was so excited that we could partner with Balance of Nature Fruits and Veggies. Uh, and they're a great way to make sure that you're getting essential nutritional ingredients every single day. Through Balance of Nature's advanced cold vacuum process, the vitamins, minerals, and phytonutrients of the fruits and vegetables are preserved so that you can get that vital nutrition in each capsule. Balance of Nature is a whole food supplement with no additives, no fillers, no extracts, no synthetics, no pesticides, no added sugar. Pure fruits and veggies are the only things that they put in their capsules. Balance of Nature sent a bunch of their products down to the studio for my team to try. We all love them. When you're disciplined enough to take care of your health, you reap all kinds of benefits. Your body will thank you. For a limited time this summer, when you become a preferred customer at Balance of Nature, they're throwing in a free fruit and veggie travel set and giving an additional $25 off your first order. Go to balanceofnature.com. Use promo code Walsh for a free travel set and $25 off your first order as a preferred customer. That's balanceofnature.com, promo code Walsh. Yesterday, we told you about the R&B singer Neo, whose name I learned this week is actually spelled N-E-Y-O. And um, he said in an interview a few, a few days ago that children can't choose their gender and they can't transition and you shouldn't castrate little kids, uh, etc. You know, a bunch of extremely common sense things uh, and, and opinions on, on the subject and opinions that we shouldn't be impressed by, shouldn't impress us that someone is coming out and saying, oh, you know, a, a five-year-old boy is a boy and can't be a girl. But it does impress us coming from a celebrity because most celebrities are degenerate lunatics. And it turns out that Neo isn't. And that's, uh, that's a good thing. So the expected backlash ensued. And then, as we covered yesterday, Neo uh, posted an apology rather quickly to the LGBT community. Uh, sorry, no, the LGBTQIA plus community. He spelled it all out. And he apologized for offending them and all the rest of it. And I criticized them harshly on this show for that. And so did thousands of other people. Then yesterday afternoon, after uh, this show went out, Neo posted another video, and this one on his Instagram, I believe. Uh, and, and this video is being shared by conservatives who are back to celebrating Neo again. And they say that, that in this video, Neo repudiates his publicist, who's the one who uh, is responsible for the apology. And he, and he, and he slams the publicist. Bla I saw someone post, he blasts his publicist. And he doubles down again on his original point about not transitioning kids. That's, that's what people are saying about the video. That's how it's being interpreted. But here's what he actually said. And you tell me what he's, what, how, how you take this. Go ahead. What's going on, loved ones? This is Neo. All right, listen. I normally don't give too much of a damn about what y'all think about what I do, or what y'all have to say about what I say, whatever. I normally don't care because, like I said, opinions ain't special. Everybody got one. However, this is something I feel very strongly on, and I need y'all to hear this from the horse's mouth, not the publicist's computer. So check this out. First and foremost, I do not apologize for having an opinion on this matter. I am a 43-year-old heterosexual man raising five boys and two girls, okay? That's my reality. Now, if my opinion offended somebody, yeah, sure, I apologize for you being offended because that wasn't my intention. My intention is never to offend anybody. However, I'm entitled to feel how I feel. 
I'm absolutely entitled to feel how I feel the same way you are entitled to feel how you feel. I ain't asked nobody to follow me. I ain't asked nobody to agree with me. I was asked a question and I answered the damn question. Okay. I have no beef with the LBGTQIA plus community whatsoever. I ain't got no beef with y'all. Do whatever the hell it is you want to do. Do what you want to do with your kids. However, Somebody asked my opinion on this matter, and this is how I feel. I will never be okay with allowing a child to make a decision that detrimental to their life. I will never be okay with that. I don't. I, I definitely plan to educate myself a little bit more on this matter. However, I doubt that there's any book anywhere or any opinion that somebody's going to tell me that's going to make me okay with letting a child make a decision like that. That's just period, point blank, and that's how I feel. If I get canceled for this, then you know what? Maybe this is a world where they don't need a Neo no more, all right? And I got no problem with that. I'm a hustler. All right? I'll figure it out. I got kids to raise and I'm going to do that regardless. So with that being said, y'all have a good day. I love everybody. Live how you want to live. Love how you want to love. But your opinion is yours. Speak your opinion as much as you damn well feel like it. Because as I said, they're not important. They're not special. Everybody got one and you're entitled to it. I'm entitled to mine. All right. Y'all feel how y'all want to feel. Have a great day. It's Neo. Peace and love. Okay, so that's the video. Uh, again, I see this being posted all over the place by conservatives. This is epic. Listen to this. Not exactly the epic slapdown of his publicist that we were led to believe. In fact, it's pretty clear to me that he consented to the apology being posted. Okay, so this is not him saying, I didn't even know the publicist was going to do that. He's fired for, for, for posting an apology on my behalf without my consent. That's not what happened. He's justifying and trying to explain what is in the apology and yes, he says it was posted from his, from his publicist's computer. He never says that he didn't agree to it because obviously he did agree to it. You know, your, your publicist, let me explain to you how these things work. Your publicist is not going to just go on his own and, uh, and post an apology without you even knowing about it. That's not going to happen. Um, I can tell you, you know, we have plenty of publicists, PR people that work at Daily Wire. If they were to, this would never happen, but if they were to post an apology from me on one of my accounts that I didn't agree to, and I never would agree to one, then my response would not be that, okay? I would go nuclear, okay? You would have no idea how much of an explosion of rage that would cause. I I mean, for one thing, I'd delete the apology, uh, I would have much stronger words than that. And I would say to the Daily Wire, you need to fire the person who did that or I quit. You know, that's what it would be. Now, Neo is in the position where he could just fire his publicist outright. And, uh, but he didn't do that either. Or at least he didn't say that he did. So, because again, he, he agreed to that ap- apology. He might've been, he, they might've uh, pressured him. I'm sure they pressured him. I'm sure they tried to coerce him. I'm sure they tried to convince him, look, you got to do this. You're going to lose money. You're going to lose sponsorships if you don't do it. So I'm sure all that happened, but he agreed to it. Um, so what's happening here is that Neo said something about the trans issue, panicked at the backlash from the left on what he said, and then posted an apology and then panicked again at the backlash against the apology. So that's why he's bouncing back and forth like a pinball. It's not, it's not really that confusing. All the while, uh, he knows what's right and wrong on this issue. It's, it's issue. It's very clear. He knows what's right and wrong. He knows the truth. And he's trying and fumbling in, an, in his attempt to sort of stand by it. Um, he's obviously never experienced the wrath of the LGBT cult. Those of us who live with it every day are used to it. He isn't. And so I always try to keep that in mind. There are people, even people that are famous and been in public eye for a long time, 
if you've never, if you if you've never upset this particular mob, then you just don't quite know what all goes on uh, behind the scenes as well. This is not just about mean comments on Twitter or whatever. That's the least of it. So, all that's the case. But this is not. This is. This, this is not. We don't congr- congratulate him for this whole performance. This is. The initial statement was right. Everything after that is just like embarrassing and waffling. And he's trying to triangulate and find a position that will make everybody happy. He's trying to appease everyone. This is not. We don't. You should be congratulating him for that. Um. And it goes to show why the only thing that works is a strong, hardline, unwavering stance. Neo is trying to claim a kind of libertarian position here, and this is why this story is important. Whether you know, whatever, even if you don't care about Neo and whatever, you know, it's it's not like I'm sitting around paying attention to what's going on with Neo. Um, but it's important because of what we can learn from this, which is that. This kind of libertarian position doesn't work. That's what he's trying to do, right? He's, he's saying, well, uh, hey, everyone has their opinion. I have mine. Everyone just leave everyone else alone. Let's all be happy. Let's all get along. Do what you want with your own kids. He even says that. Uh, and there are people who have told me, well, don't criticize Neo for this. He's your ally. No, um, no, he's not. That's not my, that's not even close to my position. Do what you want with your own kids. That's the opposite of what I think about this. No, I don't think you should be able to just do what you want with your own kids. I don't think you should be able to transition your kids even if you want to. And if you think that people should be allowed to do that, then no, we're really not allies. I, we don't share. Where's our, where's our common ground exactly? Um, but he's trying to kind of do this and say, hey, I have my opinion, you have your opinion. Let's all have our opinions. We, have a, we all have a right to our opinion. I mean, look, the, first of all, the moment you say that, the moment you find yourself saying, we all have a right to our opinion, okay, that, that is the ultimate sign of weakness. The moment you, you find yourself saying that in an argument, you're losing. There's no better sign than you're, that you're losing than when you say, well, I have a right to my opinion. That's the weakest stance. That, that, that is you backtracking while trying to pretend that you're not. Um. And he's confused as to why that's not good enough for the left. Well, it's not good enough because they want nothing less than your unthinking, unyielding loyalty. Anything less than that, and you are the enemy. So, no, you can't just have your own opinion. They're not going to accept that. You, you can't go out there and say, oh, boys are boys, girls are girls. But, hey, it's just my opinion. You can feel how you want. It, you can't qualify it that way and expect that they're going to be okay with it. What do you think they're going to say? You think they're going to say, well, if it's just your opinion, that's fine. Hey, look, everyone, everyone can have their own uh, view on this. <laughs> You think that's what the trans activists are going to say? When have you ever known a trans activist to respond that way? When was the last time you heard a trans activist say, hey, look, everyone has a right to their own opinion, and look, I respect your view on this. They are never going to say that. That is not what they're going to say. You must bow before them. You must bow at their feet. And if you don't do that, you are their enemy. It's the, those are the two choices. They, they haven't left you a middle ground. Um which is why the only thing that makes logical and moral sense, not to mention strategic sense, it's just the only thing that makes sense is to take this hardline stance. And, and, uh, and, and that's it. I mean, do what you want with your own kids. You realize that kids are too young to make these choices. You realize that transitioning child is abusive, and yet you're saying that people should be able to do that to their kids if they want. So people should be able to abuse their kids if they want to. 
That doesn't make sense. Here's the only thing that makes sense, Neo. And it's, it's uh, clear what you actually think, but you don't want to go all the way and say this. But you should. Transitioning kids is abusive. Nobody should be allowed to do it to their kids. Everyone has their own opinion about this. But if your opinion is that it's okay to sterilize and castrate kids and dress little boys up like girls and so on, then your opinion is wrong and also insane. You're allowed to have that opinion. Can't stop you from having any opinion you want. But it's a wrong opinion. It's a bad opinion. In fact, it's an opinion that shows that you are a bad person. It's a disgusting opinion that reflects some very ugly things about you and your character and your morals. And if you are doing this to your children, you need to stop, you abusive psychopath. And the law should stop you. You should be thrown in prison for it. That's what you should be saying. That's clearly what you think. Okay, if you know that this, that this stuff is tantamount to, that, that, not tantamount, if you know that this is sterilization, castration, mutilation, kids aren't old enough, like, you know it's abusive. Uh, I, I just, I don't believe you that you think that people should be able to abuse their kids if they want. I, I don't think you actually think that. That doesn't make any sense. Um, so you might as well. Again, the middle ground, as I'm always preaching, the middle ground is not available, okay? It's, it's, there isn't one. You're trying to stake out a position that doesn't really exist. So go all the way with what you think and actually stand by it without any kind of apology, not even an apology. I'm sorry if your feelings were hurt. I'm not. I'm not sorry if your feelings are hurt. Are you really, Neil? Are you actually? You, you said some really common sense things, as you point out. Your, they asked your opinion and you, you gave it. And then a bunch of morons start crying about it because you, sh- you said that you shouldn't dress a five-year-old boy up like a girl. And a bunch of morons start crying and, and are offended by it. And you're sorry for their heart hurt feelings. Are you really? Really? You're, you're sorry. You feel so, oh, I'm so sorry that you're in pain over this. Really? Is that how you, I don't think it is. I can't read your mind. I don't think you're really sorry that their opinions, that their feelings were hurt. And if you are, you shouldn't be. I'll tell you one thing for sure. When I say something that is true and just basic common sense, if your feelings are hurt by it, I am not sorry and I don't care because that's your issue. That's your problem. It's not mine. That's something you need to fix. It's not my issue. And the fact that you are so deranged as to believe that it's okay to abuse kids in this way, and the fact that you're so immature as to think that you should be able to control other people's opinions based on, because it makes you feel bad if, if they have an opinion that disagrees with, disagrees with you, all of that is your issue, not mine. The only position that makes sense. Well, you remember, of course, that viral video of the woman on the plane who uh, saw the reptilian demon and then understandably got, got a little upset and she got up and left. And um, we never found out who that woman was or what her name is. And the reason we didn't find out is because, and to this point, it's because we don't need to know. We really just don't need to know. It doesn't matter at all. It's not relevant. Like, Who cares? So I know after that happened, and I was I was uh, out of the loop when when the when the this viral thing first blew up. 
But I know for weeks after that, there are a lot of people on social media saying, who is this woman? No one knows who she is. She's disappeared. It's a great mystery. It's not a mystery. She's just a person, and she's off living her life somewhere now, and she's not going out of her way to identify herself to the internet mob. There's nothing mysterious about that. But why do we need to know who it is? What difference does it make? Um, It makes no difference at all. It's not relevant. But that didn't stop the media. And the media has now hunted this woman down. And they have published her name, her age, her occupation, the neighborhood where she lives, and a photo of her house. So here's the Daily Mail. Uh, The woman behind the shocking, that mother effer back there is not real airplane meltdown has been unmasked as a 38-year-old Dallas marketing executive. Um, I'm not even going to say the name. It doesn't matter because it's all over the place anyway, but still. She became erratic over an argument with the relatives that, uh, okay, she, she became erratic over an argument with relatives that she was traveling with. She reportedly told police the Dallas resident had accused her relatives of stealing her AirPods. And that is supposedly what sparked all this. After she claimed her relatives had stolen her AirPods, she began to say that the airplane was not safe and would not make it to its destination. Official documents say that she was not willing to leave the plane, had to be removed by American Airlines staff following the outburst, et cetera, so forth. I, who cares? And then they go into a lot of details about where she lives, like specifically her neighborhood, her actual neighborhood where she lives, um, uh, more into her work history, her resume, you know, and then, and then as I said, a, a photograph of her house is, is published. Who? And this is the kind of thing the media can just do, and there's no consequence at all. You are, it, it, you are directly trying to ruin this woman's life for no reason. And it's not even like this is one, this is something with a political motive and that wouldn't be okay either. But at least when they do that, you, you understand what their motive is that, okay, they're political partisans. They're trying to destroy someone's life because, uh, they're on the other side of an issue. Well, there's nothing political about this. We don't know anything about this woman's politics. Um, She's a middle-aged white woman in Dallas. The chances that she's a Democrat seem pretty high, uh, but who knows? Doesn't matter. There's no political element at all. It, it's just a. It was just kind of like a weird story, and it was a weird video that people paid attention to and, and cared about way more than they should. So what exactly? So we don't have the normal political explanation for this that at least makes much some kind of sense of it. That doesn't exist here. So what is? The motive, if you're in the media and you're a reporter and you find yourself publishing a story, unmasking this woman's name and everything else about her, and then even publishing a photograph of her house, in your head, what are you saying to yourself to justify this? How are, You must be saying something. You must be telling yourself, this is newsworthy. Everyone needs to know this woman's name and where she lives and what her house looks like and where specifically you can find her. Everyone needs to know this uh, because what? That's what I want to know. How do you rationalize it to yourself? Maybe I'm giving them too much credit in the media by assuming that they feel the need to rationalize it to themselves. The media is comprised largely of, uh, I mean, these are the reptilian monsters themselves. Like they just act on instinct. It's like, it's just an insight. They probably don't even think about it. They say, oh, yeah, this is a woman that was in a viral video, and um, 
yeah, we should just publish everything about her, embarrass her publicly, and try to ruin her life because that's what we do. Why not? I imagine that's 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 as much analysis as they've given the situation. It is really uh, really contemptible. The Daily Wire has this report. A federal judge halted a Colorado gun law that would raise the age of purchasing a firearm to 21 years old on Monday, just as the sweeping gun reform measure was set to go into effect. U.S. District uh, of Colorado Chief Judge Philip Brimmer issued a temporary restraining order against SB 23169, otherwise known as the 18 to 20 year old gun ban law, coined by the uh, Rocky Mountain Gun Owners nonprofit organization, which filed a lawsuit against the state on grounds that the legislation infringes on the rights of citizens to keep and bear arms. Brimmer, appointed by President George W. Bush, wrote in a 44 page opinion that the gun owners organization made a sufficient showing that the balance of equities tips in the favor and uh, in their favor, and that the individual plaintiff's proposed injunction is in public interest because the individual plaintiffs have made a sufficient showing that the law infringes on these, their Second Amendment rights. So this is what they're trying to do, raise, raise the age 21, and a judge is blocking it for now. Um, and of course, the, the effort to raise the age uh, for firearm ownership to 21 raises in itself all kinds of questions that we would direct at the people who are advocating laws like this. And of course, all those people are on the left. That's, that's the left. That's what they want. They want to raise the age to 21. They probably want to raise it. If they could raise it to 50, they would. And if they could raise it to 1,000 so that nobody could ever own one, then they would do that. But they're settling for 21 because they figure that's something they can do. Um, but all kinds of questions, which is like, okay, so you think that people are not mature enough to own a firearm at the age of 21 and yet, 10 years before that, they're mature enough to decide that they want to go on uh, uh, chemical castration drugs like Lupron. Or even before that. So by the age of like 10 or 11, according to the left, you're old enough to make permanent life-altering decisions about your quote-unquote gender identity. A decade later, you're barely old enough to be trusted with a firearm. I mean, how do you make sense of that? And of course, if we're going to point out these inconsistencies, we could go on and on. Um, they, want to, they want to lower the voting age to 16. So 16, you're old enough to make decisions for the future, about the future of the country. You know, you, you, should, you should be invited to the table at the age of 16 years old to make decisions about the future of the country and to vote and yet at 16, you're still, according to the left, five years away from being mature enough to own a firearm. Um, all kinds of, of, uh, of inconsistencies like that, which is why, here's, here's what I would propose. And this is, uh, j just like for the sake of argument, and I don't know how many people would even go along with me on this. Here's, here's a compromise, maybe I'll throw it. It's worth thinking about you want to raise firearm ownership to 21. What about this? What if I said, let's raise everything to 25. Let's just get everything on the same page. 25 is the age. Voting, everything. Everything you can't do until you're 25. And let's just say 25 is the age. And so now that's going to be when official adulthood really starts for all of these purposes. 
Um, Would they agree to that? At least that's consistent. Uh, and that also would mean, by the way, that any kind of gender transition, that, that doesn't happen until you're 25. Now, as you know, I don't think that should happen at all. I don't think anyone should be doing that. But for right now, like, could, could we at least agree on that compromise? I don't like the idea of, the, of you can't own a firearm until you're 25. But there's a compromise. Maybe we'll throw that out and think about it. Let, let's, let's, let's have that conversation. 25, that's when your brain is fully developed. Uh, your prefrontal cortex is sort of fully developed and online at that at that point at 25 and not before then. And so uh, that seems to be a, 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 a potentially, a, it's at least a kind of an objective uh, cutoff point there. Would they agree to that? And something tells me that they wouldn't. Um, or even if we kept it at 21. Okay, you want to raise the, the, the age of firearm ownership to, to 21? Okay, well, can we take everything else and put it at 21? Voting, gender transition, all the rest of it. What do you think about that? Uh, I'm thinking they're not going to be on board with it. Okay, finally, Wayne Brady. Uh, this is from New York Post. Big news. Huge news, actually. I should have led with this. Wayne Brady um, has come out as pansexual. This happened on Monday. And this is breaking news. Um, so you've probably already heard about it because it's Tuesday now. And I'm sure you, you heard the news yesterday. Um, uh, and he explained that he's, he struggled to define his sexuality and manage his, quote, love addiction. Quote, I am pansexual, he boldly told people, clarifying that he's attracted to people regardless of their sex or gender. Bisexual with an open mind, quote, unquote. The Let's Make a Deal host, 51, is on a path to self-discovery as he films a reality show about his blended family that's set to premiere on Hulu next year. Well, that's, uh, and that's just a coincidence, by the way. Don't, make, don't read too much into that. So he's got a new show coming out that he's trying to promote. And while promoting this new show is when he just so happens to discover his new sexual identity at the age of 51. Total coincidence. I, it's really convenient timing. Sometimes, sometimes that happens in life. Sometimes you have a show to promote, and it's right at that moment that you realize, you know what? Actually, I'm a member of the LGBT community. I never knew it before. That's what it turns out. That happens. And it happens a lot these days. Uh, but I don't want you to think that there's anything cynical happening here at all. That would be an unfair assumption, even if that's quite obviously the case. Still, unfair assumption. Um, he says, quote, I came to pan- pansexual because, and I know that I'm completely messing up the dictionary meaning, but... To me, pan means being able to be attracted to anyone who identifies as gay, straight, bi, transsexual, non-binary. Being able to be attracted across the board, Brady said. Robin Williams' 2014 suicide really impacted Brady, setting him on a journey of self-reflection and inspiring him to become very vocal about mental health. Well, there's a lot of therapy that I'm doing right now. I wish people didn't care. I wish I didn't care what people think of me, but the fact of the matter is I do care. Once I opened that door to myself, though, I had to start learning about myself, and I had to start owning up to things that maybe I'd either uh, repressed, suppressed, or just didn't want to deal with. And so that's that's the news. Big stuff. Now, not to beat a dead horse here, but you know I've been very critical of the mental health industry lately, and here's exhibit 5,037 as to why. Wayne Brady, 51 years old goes to therapy because he's feeling sad because people are saying mean things about him. And then he, he comes out of therapy believing that he's pansexual. So he has adopted the, the made-up sexuality of a 22-year-old TikTok influencer. That's the path of healing that therapy has led him on. And also, 
this is just creepy. I, I, I got to say, it's made up, obviously. That's the main thing. Pansexual is not a thing. It's not real. It's also creepy. I'm able to be attracted to anyone, he says. Ew, like calm down. That, that's, I, I can walk into a room and just be attracted. Just the way he phrases it, to me, makes it creepier. I am able to be attracted to anyone. Like this is some sort of superpower that he has. I can walk into a room and be attracted to anyone or anything. Okay? Just watch me. You don't think I can? Not something to be proud of, man. That's um, the fact that you're in a constant state of arousal is, is not something you want to brag about in the news. It's not open-minded. It's just weird. Pick a side. Okay, pick a team. Stop being indecisive. That's what, that's what, uh, that's what pansexual really is. Aside from made up, it is, it's a lack of commitment. And you know, the thing is, other people, I think, and this will be controversial, but other people have a right to know, okay? Other people have a right to know if they are potential objects of your sexual fantasies. And so that's why it's not fair to walk around and say, I'm attracted to anyone. Anyone at all. No one's safe. Now, whenever a group is, if there's like a group of people sitting in a room with Wayne Brady, and so it's a diverse group, and you've got like a overweight 65-year-old man, and then you got a, you know, a young woman and whatever. Everyone's sitting around, and they're all thinking, he could be attracted to any one of us right now. Any one of us. It could be any of us. It's scary. It's like some kind of Agatha Christie novel in a weird way. So anyway, that's the news uh, about Wayne Brady. Um, a lot more that could be said about this, really, as we uh, continue to dissect Wayne Brady's made-up sexuality. But I think we'd probably just leave it there. Let's get to the comment section. Do you know their name? They're the sweet baby gang. Grand Canyon University is an affordable private Christian university that's located in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, has a vibrant and expansive campus ranked top 20 in the country, according to uh, niche.com. Praise for its culture of community, giving, and impact, GCU integrates the free market system and a welcoming Christian worldview perspective into over 320 academic programs with more than 260 programs online as of March 2023. Earn your bachelor's, your master's, your doctoral degree, where you can engage with faculty and connect with your own university counselor who takes a personalized approach for your success. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. That's gcu.edu. First comment says, the whole team was full of uncharismatic, despicable players. Who wants to root for a team that hates us and everything we stand for? We're obviously talking about the women's soccer team here, which I think probably you guessed that just based on the comment. Um, yeah, there's really nothing to root for at all. Uh, and that's the thing. On top of the fact that they hate this country and they hate most of us and all the other in their in their uh, various repulsive uh, stunts that they've pulled and, and stances that they've taken. On top of that, it's just there's not like M Megan Rapinoe. There's nothing. It, it's even if you didn't know her politics, like it's impossible to not know her politics just by looking at her and the haircut and everything else. But even if somehow you didn't know her politics, it, it's, all, it's just, there's no, there's nothing there. It's, like, it's very clearly, this is not, this is not what you think of, you think of sort of the classic 
uh, charismatic kind of sports hero. And she's not that. GCM says, had a family member attend this game, and when I asked, when I asked, she said the majority of the crowd was cheering for Sweden. Proof the Rapinoe and the U.S. women's soccer team have battered the reputation globally. It was very noticeable when you uh, watched that clip of Megan Rapinoe botching that, uh, that kick there at the end. The penalty kick or the, uh, the open kick. What was it? Free kick? Penalty kick? Some kind of kick. She botched it, is the point. She was, she was standing right there and she botched it. But the, the, the crowd erupting in applause, it made it very clear that there weren't any, uh, not a lot of USA fans in the audience. Even if there are people who are from the USA, apparently we're not rooting for the USA, which probably tells you everything. NSY Research says, hi, Matt, a Brit here. Football isn't communist, mate. It's possibly the widest played sport in the world, played by people of all classes, sexes, and probably every country in the world. I agree with your comments about Rapinoe. Oh, she's a pain in the arse. Oh, so you mean it's communist? So as you just described, it's exactly what makes a communist in my book. Sudoku Beast says, Matt, I'm a viewer from the UK, man. Please don't do football that badly. Okay, stop calling it football, first of all. We already took that. And I know we've had this argument many times, and I know that people that are fans of soccer and other parts of the world, they say, well, we had football first, and you came along and stole it. And I don't deny that. Okay? Many times when the USA historically is accused of stealing things, we stole land, we stole, I will correct that. And I'll say, no, we didn't steal the land. We conquered it. There's a difference. Uh, but in this case, I will fully admit we stole it. And, and I love that. I, I love that America made a different sport that doesn't even mostly involve kicking. There's a little bit of kicking, but it's mostly you're throwing the ball and carrying it. It's like it's, it's much more you're using your hands than your feet. And this entirely different sport, it's got nothing to do with soccer and very little to do with your feet, making contact with the ball, and then decided to call it football. It just stole that name, appropriated it for no reason. I don't know all, I don't know the, the, the history, the etymology of why that name was chosen for football. I'm sure you could probably look it up on Wikipedia. But I like to think, what I like to think is that it was just an act of trolling. It was simply trolling the rest of the world. As a, we are taking this, and that's what we're going to do. Because, because we can. And that's what I love about it. Uh, ben says, I work on a NASCAR team, and everyone I know thinks this is way out of line, which is the NASCAR driver being uh, indefinitely suspended for liking a George Floyd meme. NASCAR is regulating its drivers more than the safety of the cars now. Yeah, I don't, I don't watch NASCAR either, uh, I admit, but you talk about someone, a NASCAR driver being suspended indefinitely, which is another way of saying permanently. So basically, he's permanently banned from the league because he liked a George Floyd meme. But what is the penalty? And you'll have to tell me this because I don't know. But what's the penalty if you're going uh, 190 miles an hour or whatever it is and you slam another car into the wall? Is, is that an indefinite suspension too? If you intentionally slam another car into the wall. Maybe it is, but I don't think it is, is it? So you, you could do something in the middle of a NASCAR race that could actually get somebody killed. And correct me if I'm wrong, that's probably not going to be an indefinite suspension. Yet if you like a meme that's offensive to George Floyd's worshipers, then that's what gets you the indefinite suspension. It's amazing. And finally, Media Lab Production says, when you think about it, Matt is always right. 
Finally, someone understands me. Someone gets me. I feel seen. Thank you for that. When Dr. Jordan B. Peterson made the decision to join Daily Wire Plus, it was a major win for those who champion free speech and intellectual debate. With one year of unparalleled output, his contributions have set new standards and remain unmatched by any other platform. Daily Wire Plus now has a vast array of exclusive Jordan Peterson content, offering hundreds of hours of captivating content you're not going to find anywhere else. Jordan has created thought-provoking works that reshape your perspective on life, which include Vision and Destiny, Marriage, and Dragons, Monsters, and Men. Additionally, you can immerse yourself in discussions that nurture your spiritual side, like Logos and Literacy and, and Jordan's groundbreaking series on the Book of Exodus. And that's only the beginning. I mean, I mentioned his Beyond Order lecture series or his extensive archive of lectures and podcasts. This is the absolute compendium of all things Jordan. Plus, there's even more new exclusive content on the horizon This is only the beginning. By becoming a Daily Wire Plus member, you'll embark on an unforgettable experience that will fuel your thirst for knowledge and inspire personal growth like never before. Go to dailywire.com slash subscribe to become a member today. Now let's get to our daily cancellation. Yesterday, a video went viral of a TikTok influencer describing her encounter with a man on the streets of San Francisco. And the video begins with the classic line, I'm literally shaking right now. And in your typical TikTok video, That opening would lead to a tale of uh, misgendering or some other microaggression. But in this case, the incident she describes, assuming that it happened as she describes, is actually quite serious. Listen. I'm literally shaking right now. I was just getting groceries and I live in San Francisco and I never really feel fully safe. If you live in San Francisco, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. And I just got groceries. I'm walking out of the store and this guy is walking past me and says, move, you stupid and he spits in my face, spits all over my face. And then I say, excuse me, did you just spit in my face? And he says, move or I'll rape you. There's also people everywhere and everyone's just walking by because they're like, I can't handle something else in San Francisco. It's always something else. I don't even know why I'm posting this. If you live in San Francisco, do you feel this way all the time? I don't feel safe, ever. I literally never feel safe. It's better when it's daylight. But nighttime, no, not leaving my house. (laughs) Now, Normally, I would be highly skeptical of a story like this, but she lives in San Francisco, which makes it immensely believable. If she lived in a normal neighborhood, it would be unthinkable that some man would just walk up to her on the sidewalk, spit in her face, and then threaten to rape her. You know, as Jason Aldean would say, try that in a small town. These things, uh, these kinds of things don't happen in small towns or even medium-sized towns. Yet in San Francisco, it has gotten to the point where it it would actually be a shock if you lived there for a few months and didn't get randomly accosted by a lunatic on the street at least once. So although I don't, I don't know what really happened or if this really happened at all, I, I'm more than willing to believe it. Because again, this is San Francisco. That's also why it is at this point very hard for me to have sympathy for the typical San Francisco resident who has this kind of typical San Francisco experience. These are, in almost every case, liberals who vote for leftist candidates who promise to make their communities less safe. They vote for this. They choose it. They literally ask for it. And then they get what they asked for. My capacity for pity has, I confess, limits. And residents of San Francisco live outside of those limits at this point. Their communities do not have to be the disgusting, crime-infested wastelands that they've become. This is what the people in those communities have chosen. It's what they've done to themselves and continue to do. I made this point on Twitter and in, re- in response to this video, and, and I was immediately scolded for saying this. I was told that my attitude is heartless and callous and cruel, and I'm not, I'm not going to succeed in persuading anyone if this is how I approach the issue. 
I was also lectured for uh, making assumptions about this woman just based on the fact that she lives in the city. For all, you know, for all I know, she could be a, a young conservative white woman in San Francisco. One of the like three in that category in the city. That's possible, technically. But in this case, my intuition was correct. Because here's another earlier TikTok video from this same woman. Watch. Expression, I'm very liberal and not very religious. So if you're going to be offended, maybe turn away now. First up, the gift of life sponsored by The Right to Life. I would give this a 6 out of 10. Because the font choice is giving Disney. And it's just so predictable. And as someone who has given the gift of life, it's not that great. And I want to return it sometimes. Next up. I give this one 9 out of 10, because when was the last time you honestly saw an entire billboard dedicated to selling jacuzzis and spas? So vintage and unproblematic. Step, I would give this one 4 out of 10, because I'm just not sure what is the call to action here. What do you want me to do with this information? Sorry, I don't have an answer for that. Me neither, Alexa. We're all a little bit confused right now. This next one, I would rate this 9 out of 10 because finally someone understands that only big boys need storage. As a simple-minded, weak little female, I absolutely do not need storage. I have no items and I don't own anything, especially land. At least Indiana gets it. Next up, I will definitely offend someone with this one. Do you know Jesus, he died for you? Well, as one of the only Jewish people in Indiana this weekend, do you know Jesus? Because he was my friend first. 4 out of 10 because who are you to ask if I know Jesus? is very hard to judge because on one hand the production value is very high it reminds me when i walk by anthropology and i see their new store windows and i think wow whoever designed that has such an eye for production other hand though i look in this and think hmm pray work vote for life but what i really see is pray work vote for the fetus and then once the baby comes out don't help those mothers don't pay into taxes that support lunches and health care and paid maternity and all the things that mothers need to actually care for their children, especially women of color who really have it way harder than most women in this country. So on that hand, I'm going to give this zero out of 10. Hmm. And then she walks outside of her house and gets accosted by a random uh, homeless guy in San Francisco. And I'm supposed to feel, I'm supposed to cry about that. Well, you know, they say you can't judge a book by its cover, but once again, we find that, yes, you can do precisely that most of the time. If you assumed that a young white woman in San Francisco would be a smug, insufferable leftist who makes videos mocking Christians and pro-lifers and people who live in small towns and uh, even joking about how she wishes she aborted her own child, which is what she said there at the beginning if you didn't catch it, well, your assumption is as accurate as was always destined to be. This is, this is, in other words, exactly the kind of person who has actively made San Francisco into the toxic dump that it is today. Now she's crying about the consequences of her own choices. Has she learned her lesson, though? I mean, was this her awakening moment? Am I sitting here alienating someone who has seen the error of her ways? No, of course not. <laughs> of course not. In fact, immediately after posting that video where she's shaking in tears, recounting her traumatic experience... Her next move was to post a series of follow-up videos where she uses her experience as an opportunity to lecture racist and anti-Semitic internet commenters who, she says, have been making bigoted assumptions. This is her priority after having just been, according to her, assaulted and threatened with rape by a guy on the street. Her priority after that experience is to, is to lecture people for being racist on the internet. Here's one of her follow-up videos. Watch. No, it was a very well-groomed and well-dressed white man. Also, this is incredibly racist, and you will be blocked now. Goodbye. Oh, yeah, sure. 
a well-dressed white man. We know that those are, you know, those are the kinds of people that are making our cities unlivable. Got to watch out for those well-dressed white men. I mean, every day we see another video of well-dressed white men randomly harassing and assaulting pedestrians, don't we? It's always a well-dressed white man. The funny thing here is that if she just said it was a white man, we could believe it. There are plenty of drugged out white hobos in San Francisco and every other city. But she had to throw in well-dressed and well-groomed because she didn't want anyone to think that the person was homeless. After all, homeless people are a marginalized group. They're victims. Um, And she couldn't allow her story to be used to smear the good name of homeless drug addicts. Which raises the question, who did actually attack her? Did anyone attack her? Who knows? Maybe it was a well-dressed white man. Maybe it was a, maybe it was a white man in a three-piece suit, a top hat, and a monocle. Maybe the Monopoly man attacked her. It's possible. Strange, strange things happen, especially in San Francisco. But whatever happened, we are left with this basic truth. Every community is the kind of community that it wants to be. If the people of San Francisco actually wanted to live in a safe, clean city where law and order prevail... If they, if they prioritized this, if they prioritized their own well-being and the well-being of their families and their children, then San Francisco would be safe and clean and law and order would prevail. It really is that simple. Now, I'm accused of not reaching out, not trying to persuade people like the woman in this video. And, and that's true. Um, it's not my goal to persuade her. She's an adult. She has a brain, no matter how it may seem. She does have one. She understands at a basic level that crime is bad, that it's bad to feel unsafe all the time, that garbage and fecal matter all over the street, that's bad. I don't need to persuade her of this fact, even if I was interested in persuading her, which I'm not. She already knows. She also knows that she's voting for candidates who expressly promise to not address any of these problems and who, in fact, pledge to do everything they can to make it worse. I don't need to explain that either. All these people already know that. They know what they're doing. They have decided to put their ideological and political commitments above their own safety and their own prosperity. They have decided to sacrifice everything on the altar of the narrative. Again, I don't need to tell them this. Nobody does. They know it. What is left to do then but to leave them to wallow in their own self-inflicted misery? It's not our job to rescue them from the consequences of their own actions. And even if it was our job, there's no way we can. It's not possible. If there's any hope for these people now, it's going to come the hard way, the hardest way. They're going to have to make their own lives unbearably awful. They're going to have to suffer personal tragedy. They're going to have to really experience the world that they've created for themselves. That's what's going to have to happen. Maybe they'll get to the point where they can't take it anymore, where the reality is too dire to keep ignoring. Or maybe, and I think that this is more likely, they'll decide to go down with the ship. Their cities will fall apart, and they will stay and let themselves be buried under the rubble. Maybe they'd rather die than admit that they're wrong and that we're right. Well, so be it. The choice is theirs. I can't make it for them. And yeah, I don't feel sorry for them. But I will say that these leftists who've ruined their own communities are today canceled. And I'll do it for today. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Godspeed. 